this. This is a football podcast, man. Meat. Football. Good. Man, we talk football. We eat burgers. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. Josh Johnson, Ben Watts with you. We've got some NFL post-draft losers on this episode. But, uh, it's a very depressing episode. Sorry, guys. Yeah, <laughs> basically all the guys that you thought were going to be good and all of a sudden aren't anymore, that's that's what this episode is. It's, it's just a big old ball of bad news, but we bring they it to you again. with smiles. How you doing, Ben? Oh no, we suck again. <laughs> you ever seen The Water Boy? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was worried for a second. That was perfect. Have you ever considered doing like impressions as voice a, acting? I have considered it. I I think it is a secret skill of yours. I do accents very well, and I can impersonate people very well. What is your favorite accent that nobody would know you do? First of all, nobody Ooh. knows you do accents anyway. But <laughs> of are you the talking like you of our fr- of our friend group? They wouldn't know I do. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. My Indian accent is my favorite accent. Your Indian accent by far. Oh yeah, that's yeah. that's so much fun to do. Your uh, your call. You're services. sitting here, and you know you're we're taking in calls, and we're doing all of this stuff, you know, on the on the radio podcasting thing, and we're out here, we're talking about football, and you know. You know, I just, I, I love fantasy football. You know, the players and they're in the lineups and they're scoring the points and you know, it's just a great time, you know. <laughs> oh my God. It's a minute in and we've already just like dropped off a cliff. Oh boy. It, it happens, man. Ben's doing great. Josh is doing great. Uh, <laughs> draft losers today. Uh, before we hop into everything, a couple quick announcements, some housekeeping items. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please leave a rating and review where you are able to do that. Follow the show. I know on Spotify that's something you're able to do. Um, if you enjoy the show, basically tell us you enjoy the show. And uh, follow us on Instagram at fantasybros underscore, or the Fantasy Brothers underscore, and on Twitter at fantasybros underscore. We want to hear from you. We do. We want to engage with you. We want to know, listen... I put this up on the Instagram story earlier today and um, asking for reviews. It's basically, it's it's a pretty simple thing. First of all, uh, Apple Podcasts really loves it when you leave reviews and it gets the show in other people's ears. But then also it's a way that we know what you enjoy from the show. So if you really enjoy a segment or something that we've talked about, if you put that in your review, we will know you enjoyed it and therefore do more of it. So, it's a this good way a, to communicate. It's a fantasy football community. Exactly. Communities talk. We got draft losers today, and um, unfortunately, my fantasy teams took a hit with draft, with the offseason, especially the draft. Very this sorry. Is, this, it was a very, I, you know, it was tough, but fantasy football is tough. But it, I feel like this offseason was one of the most ridiculous we've ever seen. It was fun. It was a blast. Was Every really day fun. we were getting we were getting new news that was just ridiculous. Every like every day we had a text in all caps at some point. Yeah, it was oh Schefter was dropping <laughs> Schefter was dropping bombs every third day. 
a new receiver got traded, a new quarterback got traded. Uh, it was ridiculous. But draft happened a couple weeks ago now, and uh, we're still all processing the ramifications of the different picks and where people are landed. But now that we're in rookie draft season for a lot of you or preparing for our rookie drafts, we figured we'd revisit some of these guys that maybe you haven't thought about or maybe you have thought about uh, as potential losers, players that you could sell if their value hasn't taken the hit yet, or you know what to do with them if they did take that hit in value. But yeah. like we one, might be a little late to the winner loser party, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Number one, somebody that I've got everywhere, and I'm really depressed about it, is AJ Brown. I told you before Hurts, the show. It? Yeah, I told you before the show. I didn't. I don't know how big of a loser he is, just because it feels like a lateral move. Uh, but there I is a little it, bit of a it loss just, there. It just adds so many more questions because <clears throat> there's I get all the all the same concerns like oh well, he went to a bad passing offense he's got target competition yada yada all that stuff so yes on paper he definitely is a loser but I mean wouldn't still be shocked to see him just be just as good in Philly because what if Jalen Hurts takes a step forward. I right. think as as huge a fan as I am of Devonta Smith, and yes, he's better than any other receiver A.J. Brown has played with, A.J. Brown is a true alpha. He is a target monster. He is going to come with that offense. He's going to immediately command the most targets, the top coverage, all that kind of stuff. So while, yes, I, I don't think he will do as well as he did in Tennessee simply because... I don't know how Jalen Hurts is going to do, and I think the weapons are better. I still won't be shocked if he does. Yeah, I mean, he he feels like he's a downgraded wide receiver one or maybe even like a really high wide receiver two. So it's not like – it's not enormous downgrade, but it is a little bit of one. The real loser of that trade to me is Devonta Smith, who I feel like went from – Oh, it's very sad. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he went from a potential late wide receiver two – to a guy that is, I mean, like fringe flex play at best. Like, I just don't see a path for him to be relevant, honestly, for I fantasy. don't think it hurts him that bad. I think I've still got him. Probably is my wide receiver. I haven't looked at my rankings in a minute, but it's probably my wide receiver 30, 32, somewhere in there. I still think he's good. See, you're still really and high I, on him. And here's here's where I struggle with it and I don't know exactly where I land on the situation I'm still kind of processing that they used the tight ends a ton last year in the passing game and Dallas Goddard is a good tight end and so I sort of default to okay I we know AJ Brown is going to be the number one target in that offense and I don't necessarily think Goddard is the number two target but I just feel like he takes enough away that Smith feels like the odd man out just based on ADP and value where you expect him to be better than he is and he'll just disappoint you because there's just not enough to go around. Are you saying Dallas Goddard's the number two target or you think Dallas Goddard is going to hurt Smith so much that it doesn't matter kind of thing? The second one. I don't think Goddard's the number two target. I still. I was about to say. I think Smith target. is clearly the wide receiver or the second target in that offense. 
Right. I do think he's the second target in the offense, but I'm just afraid that Goddard... It's more scheme. Like It's not just that Goddard is really good. It's that they throw to the tight end a lot. They run the ball through, the t- through to the tight end. And so I'm afraid that Smith is going to struggle. For context, last year without A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith finished as the wide receiver 29 in PPR. So you'd only be dropping him three spots. And to me, that feels like he deserves a bigger drop than that. But I still think... Um... I know there's, like I said, the same thing with A.J. Brown. There's all the concerns of the volume and the A.J. Brown's now in town kind of thing. But I think there's a very clear path where still he could be effective where Jalen Hurts takes a step forward. Where the, the passing volume was bad in that offense. Don't get me wrong. And I don't think it's going to just magically jump to top five or anything. But I think they're going to leapfrog some teams. When you add A.J. Brown, you're not going to stay throwing the ball 400 times a year either. You're gonna, they're going to throw it a lot more, I think. And I think Jalen Hurts can take a step forward. So, I do hope that's the case. And a lot of this is predicated on can Jalen Hurts support it. Because um, they have three legitimately good passes. He's the key. Like They have three legitimately good passing options in that offense. They've got two great receivers, a great tight end. They've even got good pass-catching running backs. Like They have the ability to throw the ball. It's just a matter of if they will. And if we just go on the information we were given last year, it would say that they probably can't. Um, But that is also assuming that it's the Jalen Hurts of last year, and perhaps he takes a step forward. I'd like that stricken for the record. It's purely speculation. Indeed. The uh, number three loser for us... Biggest loser of the draft. He really was. We've harped on this poor guy all offseason. When he was a buy, we said sell. When he was a sell, we said double sell. Amon Ross St. Brown took a massive hit in the draft. Do we even need to uh, talk about this guy anymore? Like, we've talked about him every episode of just horrible things about Amon Ra. Yeah, the poor guy. Um, The the simple of it is this. Uh, They draft... Jamison Williams, they return um, TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift. They also add DJ Chark in the offseason. It's not an efficient passing offense. Potentially, he could be decent, as maybe the number two, maybe potentially number three target in that offense, but that's not an offense that supports great fantasy production. And based on his ADP, he's an <clears throat> absolute screaming sell for me. And I think there's, like Devonta Smith, there's a path. There's there's a scenario where Amon Rambrae St. Brown is still good because he, obviously he was fantastic when he got a ton of volume late in the season. So he is a good football player. I think he earned a role in that offense, and he's going to be playing in the slot, which there's a lot of slot. There's a lot of targets you know, that go to that slot in the offense. So he definitely could still have value. But if you are hoping for anywhere close to what he was doing to end the season, you were going to be sorely disappointed. Yep. And I think we can probably go ahead and talk about, we have him later down on the list, but we'll go ahead and bring him up. Jamison Williams is also a loser in the same kind of stroke there. Yeah, he he's a loser just because you were hoping he would go to a potentially more high-flying offense, and he ended up 
with the Lions. He's not a loser in the sense that they spent great draft capital to acquire him. So they yeah. obviously and he's love extre- him. And he's extremely valuable to the offense, just the type of receiver he is. Yeah. I mean, he could... He's incredibly talented. I've seen things prior to the draft where GMs in the NFL were saying that Jamison Williams had the highest ceiling of any receiver, and I don't really doubt that that's true. Like That seems very plausible to me. Problem is, he does not have a great quarterback currently in Jared Goff, and they seem fine with having Jared Goff. Um, I don't see a a possibility for that offense to become a high-flying offense and, you know, Jameson Williams improves the offense, but he's a bit of a disappointment just because you were hoping he could slip to Kansas City. You were hoping that Green Bay would trade up for him. You were hoping, honestly, that he would go to the Saints where maybe Jameis Winston's not an amazing quarterback, but the Saints have a track record of producing for fantasy. So, I don't know. It's meh with the Lions. Not amazing, Again. but also not the worst has a path to success, but there's there's so many added obstacles, at least this year. Obviously, that, that they can get a quarterback next year. He's When they do finally settle on a quarterback, he's going to be the wide receiver one on that offense. No right. question. But it's not going to be this year. He's going to miss time probably because of his injury, and there's too many miles to feed for him to be good right now. Right. Alan Lazard is... A receiver that I said earlier in the offseason. questionable. Yeah, a little bit. He's a guy I said was one of the biggest buys of the offseason, and I still... I don't know if he's a buy, but he's not really a sell either. He's kind of a hold and wait and see. For transparency, we've got him in the notes in the, like, the NFC losers section with a bunch of question marks behind it because we're like, I don't know. He's not necessarily a winner, because obviously they went out and draft Christian Watson, who Christian Watson, who's extremely talented. But at the same time, they didn't draft up and take a wide receiver in the first round either. So that's good for Lazard at the same as well. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I he's really already got don't. the chemistry with Rodgers. That is that is the key to this because Aaron Rodgers as kind of a rule of thumb, and I don't even know if this is a fair rule of thumb, it's just kind of what the way things have panned out in the past. He does not support elite year one production from wide receivers. He's very much like a, let's get reps in, let's develop chemistry and trust, and over time it will manifest into great fantasy production, great real-life production. So what you're saying is two years from now, Christian Watson is going to be the wide receiver one. Well, if Aaron Rodgers is still there, then potentially. This is true. (laughs) Um, But Lazard has been there for multiple years. He's developed a chemistry with Rodgers. He scored eight touchdowns last year. All of that fun jazz. We've talked about it before. In that Amon Rob St. Brown stretch, Lazard was a wide receiver one as well. He kind of flew under the radar a little bit, but he had a great finish to the season. MVS is gone. Um, Devontae Adams is gone. All that. We all know about it. It's just a matter of, okay, is Christian Watson going to be the number one or is Alan Lazard going to be the number one? And nobody knows. Anybody who tells you they know... I think the answer could be both. It could be both. Like, everybody who says they know is lying because we really don't. It's a crapshoot. You pretty much 
are going to draft one of them and hope that you're right. And honestly, I would just rather draft the guy that has the lower ADP. And I haven't checked ADP, so I don't know this for a fact. I probably should check ADPs. But I would imagine Lazard's going later than Christian Watson. And I think, I mean, Christian Watson looks the part as a guy Aaron Rodgers is going to love. He's six foot three. He's got sub four four speed. He's got the alpha build. But like you said, just Aaron Rodgers has never really supported rookie wide receivers before. So I, we've got him in here like as a tentative loser because they brought in the elite looking wide receiver, but it's not as bad as it could be. So. Yeah, could be worse. I don't know. Obviously, could be a lot better. Um, him and Christian. Maybe we Watson. shouldn't even have him in the losers. <laughs> I I don't. I know. don't know. Um, him and for for reference on ADPs, he and Christian Watson are pretty much around the same. Um, their I think best I might worst. prefer Watson there simply because I think he could have the more explosive games. Yeah. Uh, Fantasy Pros doesn't have an ADP for Christian Watson, which is awesome. Um, but they, the best worst for Watson, the best is 73, and the best for Alan Lazard is 72. So, I don't know. Take that with a grain of salt. I should probably pull up underdog here. But anyway, I, w- I would just take, of those two receivers, I'd take the one that's cheaper, honestly. Yeah, I would too. Rashad Penny, kind of RIP. a big L. Um, he One of the bigger L's on the list. Yeah, he was in line to be a potential RB2 with all that rushing volume in Seattle, albeit on a bad <clears throat> team. The thing, with, uh, the thing with Penny was that it looked like there was going to be insane workload for him, like a James Robinson sort of deal where the offense was going to stink, but it didn't matter because he was going to get a ton of carries, assuming he stayed healthy. And now that's that's kind of gone with Kenneth Walker being taken in the second round. What I don't know is if Kenneth Walker steps into a starting role immediately. I read something Pete Carroll said, I think it was today, maybe yesterday, where he won't have Kenneth Walker as the third down back yet. He's not ready in pass pro. Um, but Rashad Penny wasn't going to catch a ton of passes anyway. He's not a pass-catching running back. I feel like Kenneth Walker is basically a younger... It's 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 like a punt on Rashad Penny as an archetype. They're like, all right, let's get younger and get kind of the same player in Kenneth Walker. And Penny, uh, he had so much hype when he came into the league and everybody was so excited for him. He's just He's always been injured. He never delivered. I think he was on Met waivers probably most leagues. So you finally, you pick him up off waivers, he explodes, wins leagues out of nowhere. And people are thinking like, hey, did I, you know, I've got an RB2 heading in the yeah. next year. Got off waivers. Let's go. Yeah. And here comes Kenneth Walker to squash those dreams. I mean, I know just speaking from personal, you know, testimony here, I tried to trade for Rashad Penny in one of our leagues, and the Rashad Penny owner, like, I was going to trade for him cheap. I was going to offer, like, a early second-round pick. Um, and I felt like, you know, throwing him a bone a little bit. And uh, he was bullish on him, you know. The, the Rashad Penny owner was very excited about the potential workload in Seattle. 
And now I think if he would have that one back, he'd be taking that second round pick and running away with it. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> Justin Fields is a big no, loser. No, Justin. He's only really a big loser because, um, well, I mean, they they technically gave him help, right? I mean, they drafted <laughs> it. They drafted him yes. a receiver. They drafted him a wide receiver who will be 25 to start the season. He's older than A.J. Brown, who's on his second contract. Uh, I want to say D.J. Moore just turned 25 and is on his second contract. They took Valus Jones in the, was it the second or the third round? I think it was the third. Either way, it doesn't matter because he's going to bust. I saw a tweet, uh, and it it made me laugh really hard. I think it was a Bears beat writer. And he was praising the Valus Jones pick. He essentially said, I don't have it in front of me, he essentially said that Valus Jones got the locker beside Justin Fields, that he showed up to the facility wearing a suit and he had notes on the playbook under his arm. And the, you know, the punchline of the tweet was starting to fall in love with this Valus Jones pick. And I laughed because that is stupid. I mean, maybe he's diamond in the rough. I don't know. I don't know. I almost feel like... All I know is Justin Fields had a rocky rookie season, and they have done absolutely nothing to help the poor guy. No, they are sacrificing Justin Fields to the uh, football guys. I like Justin Fields. I really do. I wanted Atlanta to get him if we didn't take Kyle Pitts. Yeah. I I had him as my QB2 last year in the... uh, I mean, I li- I literally was in on Justin Fields. I thought if they would and just they play just, him, he'll be good. It's going to bury his career. I'm, yeah. I feel bad for him. I feel really bad for him because he's talented. He's really good, but he has nothing to work with. And by the time his rookie contract's up, I don't know that he will have anything to work with, and they might move on from him. Justin, I'm sorry for what they're doing to you. I'm sorry for what they're doing to our next guy on this list, too, because Antonio Gibson does not deserve this. <laughs> oh, my man, boy. My man has top five talent, and Ron Rivera is he not got top in 15 the business. Workload. He's not in the business of top five workload. He Ron said, does not uh, do this. He said, all right, J.D. McKissick, Buffalo, I don't think so. We're going to break like every uh, unknown rule known to man, and we're going to bring you back, overpay for you. And then in the third round, we're going to draft a running back. And not only are we going to draft him, we're going to go on a press conference and say, hey, uh, we really like Brian Robinson, and we want to use him, and we're going to have him steal some of Antonio Gibson's workload. I think some of it is coach speech, but Riverboat Ron... Don't lie a lot. He don't win a lot either. No, that's true. But I mean, <laughs> they spent a third round pick on Brian Robinson, and we like we had problems with Antonio Gibson last year before we even had Brian Robinson in the offense. Yeah. Because of JD McKissick. Granted, the and now offense JD was McKissick awful. is back. This is true. But still, I mean, we had problems before. Now you just add another mouth to feed in the offense on a day two pick. Like it's not, he's never going to be what you want him to be. And that's what's, that's what's so depressing about it because 
he, and it's not like he's unstartable or anything. Like he's a no. good player. He's, he's a very still good player a, to have. He's still a mid wide or a running back two. Um, and honestly, he may finish right where he's been finishing, like RB thirteen. Like that still I, could happen. I wouldn't be surprised to still see him like a top ten finish is not outside of the realm of possibility for Antonio Gibson. No. The problem is he's not he's not going to smash like we all want him to, which is just really depressing. Third down work is gone back to JD McKissick. Which speaking of JD McKissick, apparently Washington, like when they offered contracts, Washington offered him the same contract as the Bills. Yuck. Like, why would you not go play with Josh Allen? I guess he liked Washington. I guess. But, like, why would you? They spent two years coming up with a team name and came out with commies. You want to go play with... You want to go play with these guys? He wanted to play or with Carson Wentz. We're going to go win a Super Bowl. <laughs> he said, I want to get paid the same and play with Carson Wentz. Maybe it's too cold Allen. for him out there. I mean, golly. I don't Whatever. like J.D. McKissick, Ben. I no, don't like he's him. one of your least favorite people on the planet. On all of Earth. He's he's up there with my driver's ed teacher when I was 15. Just What's wrong with your driver's ed teacher? She was the worst. We won't talk about it. Next on What'd the list. Do, Josh? <laughs> she was mean, Ben. She was mean. Okay. <laughs> we got Chris Olave. And um, again, sad. could have some question marks here because he could still be really good. But also... Not a great offense a year ago. Maybe some of that was due to the fact that Michael Thomas didn't play and that uh, Jameis Winston yeah. tore his ACL. <clears throat> but I think it's it's partly we got him on the losers. Like it's just not what you were hoping for. It's not. But like, let's be honest. Didn't we all know that they were gunning for Chris Olave anyway? I mean, I I had seen so many mocks where they took him. I just never thought that they were going to trade up to get him. But I figured see, someone would go get him, and it would not the Saints, so I thought they would just wait for him to fall. I really think that they could have got him if they would have just stayed put and waited. See, I, I don't know, though, just because wide receivers, they went on a run, just bang, 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 gone. Right there at the back end of the top ten. Yeah. So I guess the Saints kind of saw like we got to go get him if we want him kind of thing. So, and I mean, I don't blame him for trading up. I just didn't predict it kind of thing. He went ahead of Jamison Williams, which to me I would have rather had Jamison Williams. Um, but, but maybe he, that speaks a lot too of why what the Saints are going to do with him. Like you're not going to do this, take him over Jamison Williams, and then not use him. Well, I mean. NFL teams have taken wide receivers high, and they suck. I mean, Kevin White existed. Yeah, that's, this is true. So, I don't know. It It's a, like, not the worst situation ever, but it's also not great either. He feels like a loser only because, again, you were hoping for Olave was the sort of player that was getting mocked to Green Bay consistently. And if he would have gone to Green Bay, I mean... He'd be in the conversation for the, you know, 102, 103 maybe. Obviously, nobody's taking him there now. 
It's just a matter of is is Jameis Winston going to support fantasy production like he has in the past, or is is this Saints offense just not cut out to support fantasy production? I think some you know, people. A lot depends on does Michael Thomas play? Does Alvin Kamara play soon? All those yeah. kind of questions. Yeah, I mean, if if Michael Thomas doesn't play, then surely Chris Olave will be good, just based on volume. Um, I, I'm not a I'm not a believer in the Saints offense, but there are some people that are, and uh, there are some folks that believe the Saints. Those are could called be Saints a, fans. <laughs> I was talking with one earlier today. It's not a Saints fan that I know of, trying to convince me that uh, the Saints were going to be a top ten offense, and I I. That sounds like that sounds suspiciously like a Saints fan. It sounds a lot like one, doesn't it? I, I, I think this guy's a Saints fan. I should have asked him who he pulled for. I wonder where he was born. Maybe he was born in uh, Louisiana. Born from it's from New Orleans. Pivoting to the AFC a bit. Uh, this one is interesting because again, we don't know. The Chiefs drafted Sky Moore. In the was it the second or the third round? Again, second round. A, second round doesn't really matter. They drafted a receiver that looks like on tape is really good, and in that offense, he should be pretty good. The problem is, and we've talked about this before, there's so much clustering in that wide receiver room. There's good, good options, not amazing options, good options everywhere. It's like I saw this somewhere and it made me laugh really hard. They took the steak dinner in Tyreek Hill and traded him for a well-rounded meal. And <laughs> they've got Juju, McCole Hardman, Sky Moore, Travis Kelsey, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. CEH can catch out of the backfield, though they won't ever throw it to him. And uh, All good options, but it's just good. not juicy like, like Tyreek. Right. So... We've got in our show notes Juju and McCole Hardman, but honestly, either one of them could still be decent. But yeah. uh, but I think, um, I guess historically, I know we've only seen Patrick Mahomes with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, but those have kind of been the two guys that he zeroes in on most of the time and right. just kind of hyper-targets them. So, And I think Sky Moore at least from a talent perspective, should end up separating himself from the rest of the group as the number two target. And <clears throat> the fact that they just added another mouth anyway makes Juju and McCole and MVS all losers, I think, just because I don't know who I should trust. But I think Sky Moore will be the one who eventually plants himself as the number two. Yeah, I mean, Juju is... He was really interesting because there was volume potential from Patrick Mahomes. But the issue which with is Juju always is, nice. Which yeah, that'd be amazing. The problem is I don't know that Juju can give you fantasy production on limited touches or at least not like 130 targets. Like I think he needs a lot of targets to be effective. He's a great slot receiver, but he is a slot receiver. He's a But he was very a, interesting too still. Because uh, when he had his such a great season, he was the wide receiver too. Right. And I remember I drafted him off of that season thinking, oh my God, 20 years old, 
just 1,400 yards, and he hasn't produced since. I still think he's a good receiver. The problem is I'm concerned about the potential volume there in Kansas City. And, uh, and there's a he, lot of mouths to feed. Yeah, he – I don't know. I'm I'm not bullish on, on Juju. And in the last episode, we talked about how he dropped in our rankings. McCall Hardman is the same way, although I wouldn't have drafted McCall Hardman in the first place anyway. So I know he, he – MVS kind of retains his field-stretching role still. Yeah. He's going to catch a bomb here and there from Patrick Mahomes. He's going to have the spike weeks. And MVS was never really that good with Aaron Rodgers. So, like, how much no. better is he going to be with Patrick Mahomes? Probably not a whole about lot. About the same. Yeah, probably about the same. A lateral move. Um, pivoting a bit, Elijah Moore, what, the Jets offense as a whole. The It looks good. Yeah. The good thing for the Jets is that they're surrounding their young quarterback with weapons. The problem giving is... giving him a chance to succeed. Right. The problem is those weapons are going to be stealing volume from the other weapons, which is uh, kind of a bummer for Elijah Moore, for uh, Michael Carter. And as much as I like Zach Wilson and as much as we've seen him or they're giving him the chance to succeed, we haven't seen him succeed yet, so you can't trust any of his weapons. Right. And as much yeah. as I like Elijah Moore a lot, like the dude, the dude can ball. But they added Garrett Wilson, who I think probably is the alpha wide receiver in that offense. We Michael Carter's on this list next. We'll talk about him. I guess kind of the same thing. They added Brees Hall. Brees Hall is a good pass catcher, and Brees Hall is going to command a lot of rushing volume. And plus, Michael Carter's a good pass catcher. So, yeah. The and you have an unproven quarterback. Too many question marks. There's just a lot, yeah. All of this could change, though. If Zach Wilson takes a step forward, if he's like a 27-touchdown, 10-pick kind of quarterback next year, sure, Elijah Moore could be awesome. He can support two wide receivers. They don't have a tight end of note. Like, things could change. But uh, I'm not bullish on Elijah Moore for for next season, and I'm really not bullish on Michael Carter. Michael Carter... No. Basically, went Michael from Carter a, died. He died. He went from a mid wide receiver two potentially. I mean, not wide receiver two, mid running back two, like a RB twenty kind of finish was in the realm of possibilities for him to like a, just a bench clogger. Like he's not going to do much of anything with Brees Hall in town. The people who keep saying Michael Carter still has value. Michael Carter is still good. Michael we. Michael Carter's going to hurt Brees Hall. They all own Michael Carter. That's why they're saying that. <laughs> like, I am, I'm sorry. And I even was starting to buy in a little bit to the Michael Carter hype, but it's just not going to happen. No, it's not. He had, oh gosh, how many games? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think he had seven games with over 10 touches, but he never got over like 20 touches in a game. That ain't going to do it. And Zach Wilson was not And that was when he either. was the starter. Right. Splitting time with Ty Johnson. And Brees Hall is going to come in and demand 20 touches weekly. So Michael Carter, it, will he have a third down roll? Yes. Potentially. But again, it's not going to be the third down roll you want him to have either because Brees Hall can catch passes. Brees right. Hall is very good at catching passes. 
Yeah, it's so I apologies to the Michael Carter owners because Michael Carter's talented, but he it it's it's done. Next guy on the list for us, he feels like Devin. He is okay. Uh, is I was Devin, just about to Devin say this. Singletary. Michael and Carter feels like Devin Singletary to me. <laughs> yeah, the poor dude Very can't similar. catch a break. They so they went and drafted a few years ago. They drafted Zach Moss because they weren't buying into Devin Singletary. That flopped. And then Zach Moss sucks. So they said, "All right, let's do it again. Let's go get James Cook, who's probably the best receiving back in the class." I guess you James Cook is just a slightly more athletic Devin Singletary. Pretty much, uh, he's a four-four Devin Singletary. That's basically what he is. Um, the problem with Singletary is he's got a rushing quarterback. You know, Josh Allen will eat into his goal line work, and James Cook will take so, the third down work. So that's the problem with all of them. He doesn't ha- he's he doesn't have the scoring potential where he could be good for fantasy. You know, last year what was so good about him down the stretch was that he was getting passing work. You take the passing work away, he's an eight points a game kind of guy that you can't even really play him in your flex because eight his points great like, weeks that's are, generous. Yeah, his his great weeks are eight and a half points. That's if he gets like sixty yards and you know, two or three catches. Like that's a good week for him. He's not gonna score. And he's not going to catch passes either. So his ceiling's gone. Um, and it doesn't In the same sentence, you could say it's a problem with James Cook, too. Is Right. Yeah, he's going to... He's an explosive runner. He's going to catch passes. But just so much of that goal line work is going to some end up going to Josh Allen. And even if the... Like, I know the Bills have come out and say, we, we don't want Josh Allen to run as much. I'm like, okay, yes. But when things break down, Josh Allen is going to run. Yeah. They can say all they want that they don't want Josh Allen to run. But Josh Which Allen Which I wouldn't either. But I wouldn't either. I would want him to stay healthy. But Josh Allen's not gonna listen to Brandon Bean and say, All right, I'm not gonna run on third down when a play breaks down. No. Things break down, so Josh Allen's gonna tuck his head and say, I'm getting this touchdown. Exactly. I don't care what running backs out there. So Devin Singletary seems like a guy who might score like two touchdowns the whole of twenty twenty two. I don't want that. Even in an elite offense, there's no possibility to me that he's awesome. He just feels like a massive disappointment. If you sold him on his run last year, good on you, because now he's not worth much of anything to me. No. It's not that he's a bad player. It's just it's not going to work. It's his fantasy. Chase Claypool is our final guy on the list, and he Love feels like... Here. Yeah, I'm sure you are. I don't uh, I don't he, like Chase Claypool full transparency at all. You don't like him at all. What's funny is last year I traded Chase Claypool in a first round pick for Devontae Adams, and it was kind of a fleece. But back then there was still conversations happening that Chase Claypool could turn into a DK Metcalf kind of player where if he just got a quarterback that would throw the ball downfield, he'd be good. I am very out on Chase Claypool right now. Uh, They drafted George Pickens. They've got a rookie quarterback. He feels like the kind of player that will just never be what you hope he will be. He's like the Antonio Gibson of receivers. And he's never going to be the alpha in Pittsburgh anyway because that's going to be Deontay Johnson. He has no shot at being the top wide receiver. And George Pickens is a problem. Yeah. George Pickens feels like 
the same archetype as Chase Claypool, but you know, younger. And, and he's he's a better and analytical player. Najee Harris. Najee Harris catches a ton of passes. They got a good pass catching tight end in Pat Fryermuth. There's options there. It's it's sort of Detroit esque where there's a lot of mouths to feed. And there's two really good ones, and then a bunch of so-so ones, and a bad quarterback to get him the ball. Right. Now, maybe Kenny Pickett is interesting, um, but he's not He's not anything He's a rookie special. quarterback. He's a rookie he's a quarterback. He's a rookie quarterback that people had a lot of questions about. Right. He was good enough to go in the first round, but he's not, he's not moving the needle, per se. Granted, this, he went this to the honestly though was probably the best situation he could have gone to. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I was going with it. The Steelers are potentially the best organization for him to go to. They are a no nonsense place. They don't lose. You know, they they're going to develop him. Potent like the best version of Kenny Pickett is probably what we're going to see five years down the road. Like, I don't think he's amazing, but he's not going to. But they've stink got weapons. Either. And yeah, they've got weapons. They've got options for him. The only issue is they've got to shore up that offensive line. But this um, is also why they've got we've got Claypool here. Is they've got weapons. It's a lot of them, and they're pretty good. We don't know what Kenny Pickett is, and Claypool is never really wowed. Right. The other bit of it is the Steelers develop receivers so well that Claypool feels like the kind of guy that just won't get paid because the Steelers will just like. George Pickens, this is a huge win for Pickens because he's a receiver that probably was a little bit raw. He hadn't played in a little bit. He's had injury concerns. He's even had some character concerns. But the Steelers are... Yeah, honestly. But the Steelers will develop their receiver talent, and Chase Claypool feels like in a year, two years, whenever his contract's up, they're just going to let him walk because they've got Chase Claypool 2.0 waiting in the wings. And I feel like Claypool, he's just going to ask for more money than he's worth. <laughs> like, you know he is. <laughs> Probably. Like, honestly, like, you laugh, but he's going to. Like, this dude thinks he's a top five wide receiver, and he's not. No. He could be, but he's never going to be. He thinks he's DK Metcalf. I'm like, bro, you are not DK Metcalf. He's not. Uh, that wraps what up. Is it? I, I saw some news come across my screen a minute ago. Did you see the... Oh, yeah, Sony, Sony, Sony Michelle went to the, the Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah. Um, Instant reaction, what do you think? It's probably good because the uh, Cam Akers Cam haters will leave me alone now talking about Sony Michelle being a pain in the Cam Who Akers was talking butt. about Sony Michelle? Ugh, idiots. Idiots were. Um... I'm not scared of Sony Michelle. Did y'all watch the playoffs? <laughs> Sony Michelle means nothing to me, honestly. I I think he's probably the biggest loser. My knee jerk reaction would be Chase Edmonds because he felt like a guy who could get maybe it, no. I would say it's Raheem Mostert because Mostert was like the the two down back, and Michelle is very much a two down back. I don't know. I don't want to own any of those running backs. Let's be honest. Yeah, nice. I'm not touching that situation. 
that's a whole bunch of meh at the running back position for Miami. They've got a lot of good guys that like if somebody gets hurt, they can they can put people in to spell them. Um but nothing nothing special. Oh well. Interest something interesting that to finish the episode off on. Yeah. That'll wrap up our NFL Draft Losers. Uh, if you enjoy the episode, please leave a review and, uh, and a rating. Like the show where you can do that. Share it with your friends if you enjoyed the episode. And uh, find us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore and on Twitter at fantasybros underscore. That's all from us for this episode. We'll see you later this week when we're talking about some post-draft winners a little more upbeat this time. Yeah, a little, little bit, little bit happier, a little bit nicer vibe. And we yelled at each other last episode, and then this episode was kind of down. Yeah. Next one will be happy. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe. We'll see you in the next one. Catch you later. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to connect to us, follow us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore or on Twitter at fantasybros underscore. If you want to support the show, you can do that at Patreon forward slash fantasybrothers.